0: Father, as we start this new year, today being the very first year of 2017, Father, we look back at 2016, and even though there are times of real challenge, maybe even tears, Father, we thank you for being there with us. We thank you for knowing that all good things come from you. And Father, as we get ready to go forward in this new year, Father, we are focusing our eyes on you. It's a hard thing to do, Lord, but that's what we're here today to talk about is focusing on you, allowing you to do the work you do best, and that is to make us more like your son. So bless us, Father, as we get into your word. Help us, Father, to be reflective in our lives. Help us, Father, to be receptive to your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, wasn't this a crazy year? Golly, a lot of surprises. You know, when you think of surprises, I had a little surprise not that long ago. I was in a, um, a breakfast buffet. Okay, here's a breakfast buffet, and, and here's all these egg things and all these baked goods and all these meats and stuff. And I'm sitting there, and in comes this really huge guy. This really huge guy is a truck driver. And I heard him talking to the waitress, and he says, I am so hungry, I can eat that wall. Okay, and so he goes walking over to the table where the food is, and I'm not looking, watching him, and I'm, I'm just enjoying my meal. But I see him coming back to his table, and he's carrying in this little bowl Fruit loops. I looked at that. Here's this is a big old guy. He's down all hungry and He carrying this little bowl of fruit loops. And he sits down and starts eating these fruit loops. I just can't help but laughing. I'm glad you didn't see me laugh. But you know, surprises. When you think of this year, think of some of the big shockers this year. This year has some really shocking things that, you know, people have said wouldn't happen. You know, when you think of all the news we were bombarded with, all the, the, the going back and forth and all the commentary that was said, and all the people are saying it wouldn't happen. It's not gonna happen. But it did. SC's in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> oh, what a shock. No, oh, but think about it. What a crazy year. You know, think about the things that are going on. We have this. not only this country, but the world has kind of been rocked this year. Things are still going on. Look at the security we had to do last night around the world. You know, we have a new president in this country, a new president, and and he kind of has broken the mold uh, when you think of all the past presidents. He's already broken that mold, and he's going forward. We've had shootings this year, shootings that were so... So, so shocking and, and upsetting, tears, and people demanding, just demanding justice. Globally, think about it. It seems like almost half the world is fleeing from their home country. And personally, some of us have experienced loss, some really deep loss of friendship, friends and, and loved ones, even, even soulmates. So when we think of this coming year, some of us may be thinking, man, I'm glad 2016 is over. But beloved, think about it. There are no promises 2017 is going to be any easier. And see, that's one of the reasons we gather. That's one of the reasons we want to get into God's word because there's something here for us for this year. When we think of 2017, There's no promise it's going to get smoother. And Jesus made it very clear when he said, in the world, in the world, you will have tribulation. As long as we're breathing this polluted air down here, we are going to be facing trials and challenges. It's that simple. In Revelation 7, we're going to read about life in heaven. We read that verse, and basically those words that I read already in Revelation 7.17 were words that describe the, how God is going to be communicating to those who have been faithful to him during the tribulation. The tribulation. I mean, we, I don't think the world has ever seen anything like the tribulation to come. And so the words we read are, as God communicating to those who were faithful to him during those times, and they were challenged in their faith more than any person, any people group in the whole history of the world. But we also know, we also know, and it's very clear in the Bible, that while we're still here, God wants us to be open for his son to be our shepherd, to really be our, our savior shepherd, to be the one who leads us into 2017 the one who actively takes a role in our lives. And he won't do it by force. It has to be from us. We have to one, we're like, the, he's, like he's knocking on that door, right? And, and we're the one, we're the only ones who can open it up for him. So let's get into this. Let's look at this verse in Revelation 7.17. I'm going to start off by just thinking about what it means to turn to God in 2017. Let's read again uh, First uh, chapters uh, Revelation 7, 17. It says, For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. It's kind of crazy, the Lamb. you know, Think of the play on words. It's like the, the tail wagging the dog, you know. The Lamb is going to be their shepherd. See, no matter how many years you've been on this earth, no matter how many years you've been a Christian, you, 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 you understand that the only way Jesus is really going to be your shepherd is if you allow him to be your shepherd. He can be your savior. And, you know, there are so many Christians in the world that are so uh, just satisfied with him being their savior. Oh, but man, you're missing the boat. Because Jesus is saying, I want to be your shepherd. I want to be that, I want to be that God who's going to lead you daily. I want to walk with you every day. I want to be your, your, your Lord and your shepherd. I want, you to, I, I, I want you to be with me. See, we talk about God on our side and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't mean anything unless you really have that personal relationship with God. You know, just coming here on Sundays and, you know, cracking a Bible once in a great while, you know, uh, you know, putting some, you know, I don't know what, maybe putting a scripture on your Christmas card. Hey, it boils down to if you really want the life that God meant for you, you've got to start incorporating, you've got to start remembering, you've got to start pulling God into your life. If he wants to be there, you're the one that can let him be there. It's a choice of your will, but let's go on. You know, just recently I had there's someone uh, in the church who shared with me about something that happened not that long ago. But this person had been a Christian well over 20 years, and he shared with me this, this, this one particular day where they had this, this meeting with a person that it seemed like divinely set up by God, and that meeting, that encounter, that contact change their life from that moment to today and it reminds me that, that that's how God works God wants to constantly work in our lives so we are changing we got to understand that right realize that Christianity 101 is constantly just just telling us that the Christian life is a life of change people it's changed because no one no one likes change but man that's what God's saying you need to change. I need to change. We got to be in transformation. You know, when you think of life, there's so many things in life that we have to change involuntarily. It just, it happens. How many of you, how many of you who are over the age 60 love being over the age of 60? I mean, your body's starting to, starting to do all these weird things. You're going from depression Independent to, to more and more dependent and, and you, you know you got dumb blood, blood, blood vessels busting your eye, and you know, you know, all these crazy things, you know. That's that is that you didn't want that. That wasn't part of the package, but but we gotta go through it, right? See, the wonderful thing about Christianity is that it is voluntary. Is that's God saying, you know what? Gosh, I got this wonderful life for you, man. It's not gonna be easy. Oh man, you're gonna, it's gonna be rich. But you gotta choose it. It's a voluntary change. And see, and he's not saying, boom, you're gonna go from, you know, from, from five foot five to seven foot tall. He's saying, no, it's gonna be that gradual process of change, but you gotta want it. You gotta go after it. Because part of it has to do with that your choice of your will, you gotta stick with it. But he's doing the work. See, so so we're going to change anyway. So oh, man, come on, you know, do it with the God who loves you. You know, and every time I talk about change, I always think about about this this this, this um this story I heard about uh um, Michelangelo and him him the uh, and making the sculpture of David. You know that sculpture. How did it begin? It was just a shapeless slab of stone. And you know that, I mean, you think of how much work. It, you know, uh, one of the things that I remember um, Bob Smith said to me, we he, he, were working on some stuff, and Bob Smith said, you know a man by his tools. Remember that, Bob? <laughs> you know a man by his tools. So ever since he said that, I appreciate the tools I have when I have to do something, okay? Let me tell you the recent thing I had to do. My, my, uh, my daughter bought this, I think it was a three-foot-long, a uh, rawhide bone for our dog. Huge, giant thing for Christmas, all right? Our dog just looked at us and said, what in the world is that? You know? <laughs> Didn't touch it, man. Well, what is that thing? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I had to, the other day, cut it up into bite-sized pieces, and now I'm starting to eat it. And I pulled out the, these power saws and stuff, and I was just, I was like, yeah, I'm so glad I got these tools, you know? But anyway, think about it. That's how we start. We all start Spiritually, like this shapeless slab of stone. We all start like that. And then with chisel and hammer and ham, bam, bam, bam. You know, the the master starts to transform this shapeless piece of stone into this. And, And see, he had this in mind, from the very beginning. And just like God has a mind for how you are to be from the very beginning, and unless you're willing to voluntarily say, yes, Lord, do your work on me, you're not going to get there. You're just not going to get there. And he's saying, hey, understand that the Christian life is that life in in process. That's why I I hate it when people start talking about all you Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. It's such a silly question they don't understand that it is a process. We are all set in our ways so much that we need this process, this transformation to take place on the inside that starts to show on the outside. And that's where God comes in because he starts working immediately on the inside. And the outside starts to change. Everything from from being that having that critical spirit to being just plain old apathetic with stuff around you and the people that wrong things are going on around you, to being that person who 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 just is so focused on things you shouldn't be focused on and everything else is kind of falling apart around you. See God is saying, I can help you in all these things. I can take that chisel and stone and just start working on you. See, that's what Paul says in Philippians 1.6. He says, being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will continue to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You know what that means? That means that this is going to go on until you stop breathing. If you're willing, if you're willing to, God's saying, hey, I'm going to carry you all the way through. And, man, we're going to see how far we can get you to be like Christ. Because the day is going to come when you're going to see him face to face. See, and it's not just about change. Because when we talk about the shepherd really being the good shepherd, you know, think about a good shepherd. You know, a good shepherd doesn't just feed. it's It's not like me. When I feed my dogs, you know, I just grab it out of the box and just throw it like that. You know, the good shepherd just makes sure the sheep get fed, get the, get, go to the right pasture, get clean water, you know, the bugs aren't biting them, all these great things that the good shepherd cares for. So when we talk about the good shepherd, it's not only dealing with him being your shepherd and leading you, it's also dealing with moving you forward in hope. Hope is such an important thing. Let me, let me read, let me read now. I, I probably don't have the early part I'm going to read here. Going back to Revelation 17, He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. See, to live the abundant life that God has for us demands deep-rooted hope. Why is that? That sounds kind of cliche, ish? What do you mean by it? we need hope if we're going to live for God? Because hope is what gives us that resilience. Hope is what helps us to, to keep moving forward, even though you may have said, I need to get rid of this or move forward in this, or I've got to get victory in this. And, and it's so easy to toss in the towel and go back to how you used to be. Hope gives us that perseverance and that comeback capability. You had a major loss in your life. If you don't have hope, you're not bouncing back. It's just that simple. I remember I visited one of our ladies who's with the Lord right now. And this was years ago. I visited her right here in the Queen of the Valley. And I remember when I saw her, she was so dejected. She just kept saying to me, I just want to die. I just want to die. I said, this isn't God's time for you to die. This is the time for you to grab on to the Lord and to get better. She said, no, I just want to die, and I just want to go to heaven. I just kept on saying, no, this isn't the right time. God will let you know in it's time, but it isn't now. And you've got to understand that God wants you to be filled with hope. And that's how we prayed, and that's how we talked. You know, two months later, she's sitting here in the congregation. You know, hope keeps us going, and hope is so important And, you know, hope is that oomph, that grit, that that allows us to take that next step. You know, one of the reasons why heaven is such an attractive place, and people don't even think about it, but one thing that makes heaven heaven in the minds of so many people is that in heaven there is no loss. There's no more loss. You don't have to worry about losing income. You don't have to worry about losing that ability to walk those mountain trails. You don't have to lose, you worry about losing that best friend or that loved one or that, or that pet that's won your heart. You don't have to worry about any of that, that losing stuff because in heaven there's no more loss. Loss is painful. And God knows it. And that's why we have these words in his, in his Bible. So in the end, God is going to be there, and he will be there, what? To do what? To wipe away every tear from our eyes. He understands it. Well, let's get back to earth. We're about to enter a new year here. And humanly speaking, humanly speaking, it's, it's a new chapter. And psychologically speaking, it is an opportunity for us to kind of Reevaluate. Psychologically, the new year, I mean, it's, it's, it's that natural time where we just kind of click into that mode of what's coming and what has passed. But understanding that God wants you to look at it for what's coming, a big part of that has to do with what you are willing to do. There's so much out of our control. But God is saying, if you are willing to put yourself in my hands, boy, hang on. This year could be your breakout year. This could be the year when you regroup, you tweak that behavior, you give more of yourself to God than you've never ever given before. This could be that year. You know, some may ask, well, why in the world should I do that? You know, I feel so comfortable and everything is going so fine now. Why should I even think about that kind of stuff? The bottom line is what we're all, we all talk about all the time. It has to do with love. Love has a two-fold thing here for us Christians. For one, you've got you to gotta understand that incredible love God has for you. We talk about this all the time and sometimes it gets so cliche-ish when we talk about the love of God. But don't, don't lose this meaning. God loves you so much that he wants you to be with him forever and ever and ever. That's one side, right? The other side, though, is that God loves you so much he doesn't want you being you. You may think you're hot stuff, but really you're not. God is saying, hey, come on, I can make you better. You know? I'm not, I may not be able to, or he can, but I'm not going to smooth out your road and take out all the bumps. But i tell you, you're going to be able to keep moving forward. You're going to keep moving forward because I'm going to be with you. That, see, this Christianity stuff is so much has to do with just you and God. I can stand up and, and preach till my other eye turns red. But it won't mean a thing until you individually, you know, really seriously think about it. You know, this may be your year to be like a fellow I know named Scott. Scott used to abuse his wife all the time. He verbally abused her. He even physically abused her. And then one day, it just hit him between the eyes. I gotta stop. And he gave his life to the Lord, and he went to his wife, and he just, he, he just said the right words that just spoke to her heart, and their marriage changed from that point forward. And they're doing great. This may be your year to be like, what is that guy's name I met? I think his name was Charlie. Here's a guy who's retired. He used to have a CPA form, uh, little CPA office. He, he had his own private business, just him alone, just, just him by himself, and he retired. And you know, he's, uh, "What do I do? What do I do?" And, and he started praying about it, and God put him in a situation meeting the right people, and he spent the rest of his years traveling all over the world for this mission organization, standardizing their accounting books everywhere. He loves it. He's been to almost every country, every little nook and cranny place in the world. And he's serving God, and it's something that he loves to do. You know, this may be your year to actually start to pray. You know, we talk about prayer. We talk about the importance of prayer. I mean, if you've been a Christian a while, you know how important prayer is. But you know to really pray. And not just for a week, and not just for a week, week and a half, but to keep going and to start establishing a lifestyle. I'm not saying it's bondage, and if you miss, you feel all guilty, so I'm not going to start. No, you're just going to keep at it, and, you ha- and it's that heart conviction. It's that heart conviction and that heart commitment that I'm going to do this. I am going to do this for God because I know not only does God want it, but it's good for me. I'm going to pray. This may be your year to start to obey God. Think about it. There are things that you do, things you don't do, that you know are in disobedience to God. And this may be your year to stop it and to start it to obey God. I don't know you, have Between Sunday to Sunday, I don't know what you guys are doing. Right? I don't know what you're thinking right now. But this may be the year. You know, I want to challenge you that you have started to embrace your spiritual life. That you start to take your, ser- your spiritual life more seriously this year. That not, You're just not a Christian by name, but you're a Christian by life example. You know, we have these core values on our walls. And we, we have decided these are our core values. In other words, the values that we see that are the most important things that we as Christians need to do for us to not only be in line with God, but also to grow in God. Look at it, dependent on God's word. How many of you have opened and cracked in the Bible? You know, since we got this stuff on the screen, maybe you don't open your Bible at all. Some of you probably don't even know where your Bible is. I'll tell you where it is. It's under the seat in your car. Dependent on God's word, valuing fellowship, you know, having, de- desiring to come together and, and to have that, that, that enjoyment of one another because you're, you're children of God. And God uses you to sharpen one another. Training for spiritual growth. Yeah. To, 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 do you even want to grow? You know, when you're a little kid, you can't wait to get older, right? Well, you know, we're all little kids spiritually at heart. We should want to grow. Engaging in evangelism. Ooh, that sounds scary. It isn't. It's just saying, I want God to use me in this lost world. I don't want to be part of the darkness. I want to be part of the light. So God, use me. Give me those opportunities. Not necessarily to speak, but maybe to speak, but to do things, to show God's love, to be that testimony. Look at authentic in worship. Not coming here just listening and saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to come after they stop singing. You know, whatever. Authentic worship. You know, that worship, I don't know. When I became a Christian, worship was one of the strangest things about Christianity to me. Two things. Always using the word love, which I thought was really nuts. I never heard love in my household growing up. But always using the word love and singing. I don't do windows and I don't sing. But when I when I started attending a Christian group and they're talking about worship and singing, it was something that really was 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 really unique. And I love it today. But authentic in worship, who you singing to? You're not singing to the person next to you. You're singing to the Lord, building godly families, taking this outside this building and applying principles in your home. That your household is a household that is a household that has that evidence of God working with you, with each one of the members in your house. You know where it starts? Simple. It starts with loving them. How many how many of you have interaction with your family that when you really think about it isn't really that good a Christian testimony? It starts at home. Building godly families compassionate and action, you know, to be, be able to be willing to stretch out and go maybe that, that extra mile for that person. True community, that means you really have a, a heart, not only for one another, but you have that heart for the Lord. And because you have that common bond of Christ you sense that this is a community. You have a desire in your heart to have that community, that contact with God's family, welcoming all people. Every person that enters our door, I truly believe God brought them here. It may be just for a Sunday. It may be until till till Christ comes back. But every person who walks, walks to our door, I hope that we welcome them. And I hope when people come to your door, you welcome them unless they're Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. Fervent in prayer. That's, that's just an understanding. You say, that's important to me, and I want to pray, and I want to develop a lifestyle of prayer. See, these things are things that, that if, if you're saying, nope, 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 I'm good in all those things, I have no problems. Hey, good for you, because I'm not, you know? We need to change, and this is a terrific day to consider pulling that trigger and going forward and change, and, and making that decision. And we're not talking about some stupid resolution, you know? We're talking about commitment. Commitment. And you know what commitment means? It's an ongoing thing. It isn't something that you just flip away and say, well, I tried it. It is an ongoing, persevering, I'm going to stick to this thing, and it's going to become part of your life. You've got to start doing it. You've got to start taking your Christianity more seriously. It's important. It's important for you, and God knows it's important for the kingdom in this world. Okay? So, let's prepare to receive the communion now.